Hello. I'm looking at the view meter and we're looking good. Uh, trying to adjust this new microphone. Yeah, that looks good. So, um, I ended up uh, buying a, uh, a new headset and it seems to be working pretty decently and everything so hopefully the quality on this is good i just did a listen to it and it comes down you know comes out pretty well and everything and uh, it's stereo and it's cheap and it's head mounted so in any case um yeah not a whole lot going on here i've been playing the hell out of watch dogs 2 lately and uh, it's been consuming a lot of my time. I had been obsessed with the Grand Theft Auto modding, and then all of a sudden I started playing, G you know, started playing this thing. And I get most of most everything I do through torrents. So I've been a pirater for years, and you know, it just comes down to lack of finances has led me increasingly down that route and everything. So. I've just been, you know, I pulled down Watch Dogs, the first one, years ago, and uh, on the old machine, the old machine, it just didn't do it, didn't work that well. It was just, I think I was getting maybe one frame per second on it or something like that. It was just absolutely unbearable. The graphics were okay, it just reminded me of like an early GTA. Um, I may go back and play it again um, one of these days, but I ended up loading up Watch Dogs 2, and uh, first I ended up having some problems with the copy. Well, th I thought I was. And the first first copy I ended up receiving from a hacker group, Wares group, uh, called CPY. Um, they ended up, uh, I pulled it down and had all kinds of problems with it and everything, so it just wasn't working, we'll put it that way. So the second copy that I pulled down was, let's see who it's from, wait a second, where's my torrent stuff? Hello? I know I didn't get rid of my torrent stuff. Uh-oh. Hate it when I misplace things on my desktop. I've been doing a lot of analysis on my machine and everything to uh, to figure some stuff out and everything. And I was gonna pull down the uh, torrent stuff to figure out. Okay, so let's do this. Here's how another way to bring up the uh, torrent stuff. Find a torrent and pull it down. Um, Let's just find something goofy real quick. Something I won't use. Dirty John. There we go. Cancel that download. Okay, so pulled down Watch Dogs 2 from Plaza is the name of the uh, the group. I wish I could have given credit over the years um, to the different uh, different cracking and hacking groups and everything. There's been some phenomenal, phenomenal ones. Now this one's called Plaza. Um, Codex is another one of my favorite, favorite ones. Um, there's been a number of different hacking groups over the years. And you know what I like about the hacking groups is over the years they've had loaders um, for each of the uh, each of the programs that they load, and they have taken in a lot of cases a great deal of time 
to make really, 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 really cool loaders. You know, so some of them would have, like, this awesome assembly-level um, graphics that they would end up doing and sound that they would actually do with their programs and everything. And this got me into tiny 4K and 16K and 64K graphics programs and everything that actually showed me what can happen with a tiny, tiny fucking program. The three-dimensional graphics and some of the really cool shit that you can do. Well, it was only wares groups that ended up introducing this, this to me by the hacks. You know, it wasn't the games themselves that they had pulled down, but it was the literal hacks, um, the, the little programs themselves, the installers, um, all the way to, you know, some of the, um, just the intros. Hey, here's our hacking group and everything. Um, I just, over the years, I'll, I'll go so far to say I have done nothing but admired the hacking groups because of their prowess with assembly level code, with um, sometimes compiled C, you know, and just the reverse engineering awareness that they've had of graphics capabilities, of cards, of OpenGL, of, um, you know, I mean, you name it for some of the shit that they've done and everything. So, it seems like lately some of the hackers hacking groups have gotten a little bit lazier when it comes down to doing these uh, these intro programs, and I don't know if it's a, a matter of laziness or just simple um, they don't think it's being appreciated. But let me assure you. I fucking appreciate these things. You know, they come up with their, you know, sometimes little, um, the digitunes, they can be a little bit cheesy and obnoxious and everything, so, yeah, sure, I turn those off on occasion, um, you know, but when it actually is combined with wonderful aesthetic visuals, I'll, I'll turn it on and I'll watch the entire thing, you know, and it's just like, wow, oh, that's really fucking cool, you know, so, I mean, I'm not just there to install the program, but a lot of times I'm there to admire the work that are done by these wares groups, you know, and I actually, you know, to, uh, to pull the stuff and, you know, and to create their presentation and everything, so, multi, uh, multi six, um, I don't know if you did this intentionally, but I ended up, um, getting into and, you know, both the Codex release, or, yeah, it was the Codex release. Um, actually, was it? Who was the first one that I got? Hold on, I'll tell you. Because they were both really the same release. It looked like uh, pretty much the same release, and it was just packaged in two different ways, but it still looked like the same basic installer. And it it made me get into it. And the funny thing was, for the first time, hold on, watch, dogs, watch dogs too. Yeah, so multi, oh, CPY, yeah, so like I said, CPY and Plaza, and it, it, it really did seem like the same installer. Now, here's the thing. When I pulled down Watch Dogs 2, like a lot of games I've pulled down before and everything, the game didn't work right away. But here's the thing. I've been really wanting to play Watch Dogs, you know, both 1 and 2, um, but I've really been really more wanting to play 2 just because I 
just think it looks cool. And um, I like the concept, the idea. You you play a hacker inside this game, and, um, you know, it kind of goes after uh, some of the shit that I've been through. So, you know, and uh, I'm just wanting different ideas, you know, looking at life from various different perspectives and everything. So you play a hacker that's working for a hacking group called DeadSec, D-E-D-S-E-C. And uh, you more or less, um, you start off in the game and everything as a as a hacker that's been given this option, this choice to basically break into a place and more, more or less erase your um, identity from them. And at that point, you know, you're given different missions to build up your hacking skills and everything. Well, for me, um, I ended up, uh, you know, getting into the game, um, and when I first started it up, uh, it didn't work. It would keep telling me, uh, it's, you know, just, it would just basically tell me that there was a problem with the DLL or something like that. So I'm just like going, fuck, you know, the second copy that I pulled down, now it's 40 gig. It's a massive, you know, massive game in itself and everything. So I'm just like, well, shit, you know, I don't want to have to buy it. So I ended up taking a look at the, uh, at the, you know, online, and I ended up looking at, um, somebody actually mentioned something on YouTube that I can turn off the internet connection um, altogether, and at that point, I can actually pull up the game. Well, I did. And sure enough, you know, it ends up uh, starting the game. So I'm just like, okay, so I played it one day. And I just ended up playing it, and at this point I'm going, okay, well, that was fun. You know, I definitely want to continue that. You know, but what a fucking pain in the ass to actually have to turn off my computer, my internet connection every fucking time in order to get that game to run. You know, I like the idea of being able to keep my internet connection going. Um, I've got people that Skype me on occasion, um, mom will Facebook me, and while I have three different computers here, you know, I, I like the idea of having a primary computer I can take with me over to Starbucks or something like that, you know, and just basically do whatever I want to on it and everything, a multifunction computer. So, anyways, um, I ended up just thinking, okay, well, what, what can I do with this? So, at this point, I did the first obvious thing. And the first obvious thing is disable uh, watchdogs from being able to access the internet at all, use, leveraging the firewall. Now, the firewall allows me to isolate um, executables. So, I could sit there and I could target the watchdog executable process at that point. And I'm thinking, hey, that's brilliant, right? You know, I can go and I can isolate that single process and uh, in the firewall and put a put a rule inside Microsoft Windows firewall to prevent that one process from accessing the internet. And that way, you know, because I I had you know I had evidence there, you know, from the YouTube video, from my own personal experience and everything that shutting down the internet connection got this thing to work first time. So okay, well, I mean, isolate that process and prevent it from running, right? I mean, I would think that would have worked. Well, no, didn't right away. So I'm just like, well, shit. You know, it's probably starting off other executables, and it's probably leveraging, you know, some kind of... Um, and, and I had seen evidence that it had installed a service um, out there on my machine and everything that actually um, did the checking for it. So I ended up going and taking a look, and I found the service, and it's called... Um, EAS, Easy Anti-Cheat, right? So that in itself has an executable file, 
And I thought, okay, well, you know, this is a pretty easy job, right? I stopped that one, you know, that executable from accessing the firewall. And at that point, boom, I, I stop anything that leverages it. And since I know that Watchdog's installed this, I can actually stop it from accessing the internet, you know, through both the Watchdog's process and also through the easy, easy anti-cheat process. So that way it believes that it's offline. You know, once it, it finds out it can't establish a net connection, well, at this point I'm just like going, what the fuck? It didn't work. Again. So I'm just like, okay, so I disable my internet connection. Boom. Starts right up. Okay, what the fuck is going on here? It's, it's doing something. Clearly, it's doing something in order to be able to access the internet. So at that point, I ended up leveraging a tool Microsoft provides. It's, it's uh, from SysInternals. And SysInternals has a tool. Um, it's Microsoft's diagnostic software to let you diagnose Microsoft, uh, anything Microsoft. So it lets you look at the local processes. It lets you, lets you look at internet connections. So the first thing I ended up running was something called TCP View. And with TCP View, uh, it allows you to, on a regular basis, see all the different things that are actually accessing the internet simultaneously. So. I ended up going through and saying, oh, okay, well, there's some other things in here that I was accessing the internet that I really didn't want to, you know, so at that point, I ended up going through and I ended up isolating and stopping those processes. Now, this is completely unrelated to watchdogs, but um, I put in firewall rules to prevent these processes from um, from accessing the internet, and at that point, I also ended up... Um, you know, shutting down the processes too and preventing them from starting up. And, uh, you know, for me, it's just like, hey, I'm wanting to free up more processing power on my machine anyways. And I also don't want these things running anyways. You know, I'm not uh, not entirely sure what they do. They're leveraging Cortana, um, and Cortana I don't use. So, you know, until I actually find a use for it, you know, um, or I'm given an idea or something to use it for, then I'm not going to use Cortana search engine and everything. I'm just going to leverage Google and everything for my search. So, anyways, um, at that point, I ended up disabling something called searchui.exe um, from accessing the internet, and I did that through um, through the firewall as well. And uh, the other thing that I saw that was in there was Google Updater and Google Crash Service. Now, Google um, has has two services that it installs: Google Service and Google Service 64, or Google Crash Service. And Google Crash Service 64.exe. Now, for me, um, if you go and look at where these processes are located on your computer or on my computer, um, I ended up finding location of it, and I it. it Google has locked the processes down and refused to allow me access to it. Now, this is the thing that pisses me off. On my own fucking machine, Google refuses to let me have access to it. Well, homie, don't play that game. So I ended up, you know, getting access to the applications at that point. But here's the other problem: it Google refused to let me shut down these processes altogether. Not only could I not turn these processes off, but I also couldn't disable them from the uh, from accessing the internet as well. Well, that ain't gonna work. You know, Google love you to death, but ask my permission. 
before you actually insist on having your stuff installed on my machine and refuse to give me access to my own machine. So, anyways, um, I ended up uh, finding a way to get access to those executable files. I ended up disabling those executable files by basically refusing permission to anybody but me and uh, kind of playing the same game Google plays, but doing it in reverse. And at that point, um, rejecting, denying, intentionally denying permission to anything that was going to try to access it but me. And I also ended up going through and putting a firewall in there, firewall rule, for those two processes in particular, that uh, basically says that uh, if they try to access the internet and everything, boom, refuse access. So just in case Google somehow manages to get access to those two processes and, and brings them up again, it's still going to deny it through the firewall and everything. So anyways, um, this, this is how sometimes the chain of logic goes for me. You know, I'll, it's like YouTube. You know, you go to YouTube just to look at one video and all of a sudden, you know, that it's only going to take you five minutes and next thing you know, you've spent three fucking hours doing it. Well, it's the same thing with this too. So anyways, um, I also found one mysterious service. It's called HXTSS and, uh, or TSR. So, terminate and stay ready. It reminds me of the old um, DOS days and everything. And I haven't really been able to find much of anything about this process. So, if any of you have any ideas, um, information has a way of getting to me right now. So, even if you don't have access to it, um, you know, to the information or to my my information readily or anything like that. Um, I'm trying to set up a way to receive donations and everything because we'll put it this way: I would like to travel. I would like to couch surf or just hang out in places and that kind of shit around the world. Um, I don't want to stay here at my parents' house indefinitely and forever. But um, it is what it is right now, and you know how to actually make money on the road or something like that. Um, I need a way to do that, do and do that reliably, and have a backup method of doing it as well. So, in any case, um, with with that said, HXTSR. I'm not necessarily believing. I've never actually seen it in the process list, and uh, I'm not necessarily believing what's on the internet. Uh, so, let's see. It says, I'd like to not know what the file program. This thread is locked. Uh, me too. Belongs to Microsoft applic applications. I keep the software working. So, um, um, it could be associated with a... Hmm, okay. Well, it, it actually could be associated with one of the uh, downloads that I ended up having pulling down for Microsoft um, to basically make it make it a uh, a corporate key thing. So it may not be something malicious at all, and something I installed there. So I'm not going to question that one. That one's fine. <laughs> Let's leave that alone for now. But here's the thing: after disabling both watchdogs2.exe and these anti-cheat service, eac.exe. Um, in theory, you would think, because I disabled those from accessing the internet and everything, that this would actually prevent and stop any, any communication and also would actually stop you know, anything from going across the internet that would actually prevent me from bringing up watchdogs2, right? Wrong. 
I mean, obviously it was a loaded question and everything. You knew that we knew you knew where that was going. So, anyways, here I've got the problem. So I shut down, you know, shut down my um, net connection again. Boom, starts right back up. Turn it, turn it back on. Boom. I mean, it's it's sensing it. It's clearly sensing that that net connection's up. So I'm just like, okay, how? How the fuck is this actually sensing the net connection? So um, that's kind of an open question. So what I ended up doing next was pulling up something called Procmon. Now what Procmon does is it allows me to um, investigate an executable file. So I can actually pull up uh, a single or any any number of different things. So it's basically monitoring all the in input and output for my machine. Um, anything that happens on my machine, it's it will tell me. So it's it's usually going like fucking mad it's it's every application everything you know so and you wouldn't believe the number of interactions that happen with your with your system on a regular basis and everything and you know it's just I mean, literally, thousands happen per minute. Thousands of interactions while it's doing absolutely nothing. So it's just because it seems to be doing nothing doesn't mean it's doing nothing. So in any case, um, I ended up isolating. You can actually do a, uh, a process filter. And uh, with this, I did a filter on the process, Watchdogs2, watchdogs2.exe. Now, what I was interested in discovering was the message that it was giving me um, was about a specific DLL. Could not load this DLL. So what I ended up doing was taking a look at everything that was going on with the process as it started up. And I'm checking for other EXEs it might be loading. The thought process being, if another EXE is accessing the internet, I have to leverage the firewall in order to block every EXE specifically. So um, that's my understanding of how the Windows operating system works. You can isolate the process, and with that, the internet, the firewall itself, will actually isolate and, and prevent connections happening by the executable name, the process that it's associated with. And that process is actually segmented on a per EXE level. So if something comes, if an internet connection request comes from a particular process, and that particular process is actually actually banned off the firewall from being able to access the internet, well at that point, boom, the firewall kicks back and says, no, sorry, ain't gonna let that happen. At that point, it just basically gives a, uh, it makes it appear to that um, that process that the net connection isn't, uh, isn't valid. It just isn't, simply isn't there. So that was the thing. I, I thought I'd pull up Watchdogs 2 and say, hey, is there another process that it could be using in order to actually make this request out? So, and I will be able to actually see something called an API call. And that API call is going to, you know, it's going to spawn a process. And what happens is while Watchdogs 2 is running, it'll do a create process and it'll actually create another process at that point to actually 
in, in this case, Easy Anti-Cheat was one of the first ones I was looking for. I wanted to make sure it was really doing a call to that, which it was. Um, but I was looking for other processes that could be called out during the course of this. Well, you know, so the whole concept is even if Easy Anti-Cheat calls something else, you know, to make this, this request and everything, Easy Anti-Cheat will be blocked as well. Um, and I probably should have checked Easy Anti-Cheat and everything to find out what processes it may be creating at that point because it could have a cascade effect and everything. So, in any case, I didn't. Um, I just ran through watchdogs2.exe and I'm looking at any executables that it's actually creating. Is any Are there any other executables I'm missing um, that I have not specifically blocked by the firewall itself? So, in just talking just now, I've just realized that I missed the obvious glaring hole in EAC. EAC could have easily called out and created a process within itself, so I should have done the same thing on, on EAC. But um, as I watched Watch Dogs 2, I got to the point where I'm just like, I'm baffled. I'm fucking baffled because I'm not seeing any other executable that's actually being loaded within it. Well, like I said, as I just talked this through, I just realized the failure, you know, because he, it was calling out to EAC, and EAC quite likely made that process call, but I didn't do that. So, as I'm going through baffled, pulling my hair out, I don't have a whole lot of hair because I shave it, by the way, um, I, I, all of a sudden I saw the DLL, that, that, that final error message, and I saw that Watch Dogs 2 was trying to find that DLL, in literally 15 different locations, and it's an easy anti-cheat 64.dll. Now I suspect that it's leveraging this DLL to, um, for whatever reason, you know, to to communicate with easy anti-cheat. Um, I don't know. Um, now why it wasn't finding that. I don't fully know. Um, I looked through all the paths and everything, and it had literally 15 different paths that it couldn't find that DLL on. So I ended up looking, and I found that easy anti-cheat DLL within a subdirectory, and the expectation was that I would install that and everything to my machine. Well, I didn't install it, clearly. You know, and at that point, I just shifted the DLL over to one of the folders that it looked, and boom. At that point, once I ended up starting to watch Dogs 2 up, it started up. So, what's going on as far as why, you know, that specific DLL um, allowed it to work? Well, I know, I know it no longer failed, you know, and it found that DLL, and I suspect that EAC was being booted back and not being allowed to actually find the internet and everything. You know, but um, what the difference was between the internet connection completely disabled versus it being partially dis dis disabled, I don't know. I suspect that there's basically something going on within an EAC that's spawning a secondary process and they're doing some kind of check where Watchdogs 2 may do the preliminary check, you know, for the network connection being valid. And if one fails and the other one succeeds, well, then you have a problem with consistency and everything. But, you know, maybe the easy anti-cheat DLL being there um, causes this. I, I mean, who knows? You know, when it comes down to a coding perspective, I don't know why programmers do what they do, you know, um, any more than, you know, half the shit that I did a year plus ago. You know, it's just like, why the fuck did I do this? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Give me something I did 10 years ago. 
good luck on trying to figure out some of that shit. So, in any case, um, yeah, once I got that going, long story short, I ended up getting it functional again, and that was three days ago, and I've been playing the damn thing ever since, and uh, it's been nice, because I don't have to shut down my internet connection, boom, it starts right back up, and um, it made me think, the game, oddly enough, feels like a training program for a different type of hacker. You know, I mean, the hacking that I did was brute force, was blunt, was, you know, kind of like, it almost, I mean, in in comparison, it feels almost like Neanderthal-type hacking versus a different kind of mindset with the hacking that you have to do in this game and everything, because I could still see the real-world applications for, you know, for the hacking in this game and everything. That's actually what I'm enjoying about it. You know, it's just like, wow, you know, you can actually... I mean, I'd never thought about taking one camera, you know, and being able to see other cameras that are within viewing distance of that camera and, and hacking that camera that's uh, off in the distance and everything and keep on piggybacking from camera to camera to camera until you actually get a view of what you're looking for and everything. I thought that was fucking brilliant. You know, but here's the thing. With how how easy the game wasn't to get into, you know, with a little bit of, I guess you could say, a little bit of hacking skills that it took for me to get into the game, it almost feels like a training program. You know, I mean, that's that's the trippy part about this. You know, I'm wondering, you know, how many of these programs are put out here, you know, to train people. You know, they put it out there intentionally, not functioning and everything, with the idea and the concept that they're actually going to recruit people, you know, by it. And I don't throw... I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I think it's it's a clever recruiting mechanism. You know, um, a cle- it, there's hugely clever potential behind it. Um, and it's just interesting, too. You know, interesting concept and everything. No, but the game, it's set in San Francisco, and, you know, it's, um... I mean, I'm pretty brutal on the thing, where I'll go and I play ghost mode most of the time. So where I just basically take my time, and, you know, I I don't like being seen, and it's kind of like the real world and everything. It's just like, I like being the person behind the scenes, where I can walk out in public and nobody has ever seen my face and that kind of stuff. You know, so... I just, I like the idea of being able to go to different places and that kind of stuff, and, you know, it's just, I mean, one of the pains in the the asses, um, I started the game on the highest difficulty level, I was just interested in basically playing this thing as realistically as possible, and, uh, it has been fucking difficult from the start, but I'm enjoying it that much more. You know, most games I don't choose the realistic mode and everything because they're more, um, hack and slash and you're basically, you know, I mean, you're talking GTA or, you know, Fortnite or things like that where, you know, if you play on the hardest level and everything, all you're going to be doing is just basically getting more mobs and it's just going to be more of a pain in the ass where if you play games like this and, um... Tom Clancy's uh, whole line of games, uh, Split, uh, Sp- Splinter Cell, and uh, that kind of stuff and everything. If you play him on the hardest levels, the hardest levels are really, really kind of fun. Just because they the games are really well thought out, you know, and they bump up the difficulty, you know, particularly if you're playing from a... a, a 
you know, basically a, a difficult level and everything. Well, I did the same thing with Assassin's Creed. I got the Assassin's Creed, you know, bumped up all the way as well on that one. And it's just like, I love doing subterfuge. I love doing, um, you know, the whole element of surprise and, you know, being uh, basically unseen and still, you know, taking taking all the enemies down and everything without without an alarm raised, you know, which is extremely difficult in these games and everything. You know, but I love doing that. I I mean, all I'm doing like two or three missions a day where I could be doing 10 a day, you know, or I mean, or more if I want to, you know, but I'm just more interested in, you know, just having fun with the skills, just understanding myself a little bit better, you know, because, hey, you know, you never know when you're going to be stuck in a train station and you've got six guys that are looking for you and you've got to find an exit and all you've got is a computer. I mean, I'm just saying, that's making shit up from Assassin's Creed combined with uh, Watch Dogs too. But uh, here's the thing. I'm really enjoying it. You know, it's um, it surprised me from the very start. So what's happened is, unfortunately, it's caught me off guard a little bit, and uh, I've actually been slacking off on the whole GTA thing. And as I inserted the last image of in uh, GTA, one of the things I I realized was, you know, it's just like I'm taking this kind of hardcore. You know, I mean, here's the thing: um, if you've been a porn aficionado like I have. Uh, if you have at all engaged in this stuff in your life and everything, um, you understand there's some really, really, really deviant shit out there. I'm talking about rape, I'm talking about incest, I'm talking about bestiality, I'm talking about, and it gets even worse than that, too. You know, if you've ever seen, um, oh, what's that uh, movie? Um, Faces of Death, that was back in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, tried watching it one time. I had uh, me and some friends were getting stoned over at their place back in 1983-84 and um, put it on the screen and I'm just like, I'm repulsed by it, but it's almost like a train wreck, you know. Um, there was pictures that were floating around on the internet and of people that were literally hit by trains and uh, I had another friend that he ended up sending me these um, these uh, images all the time of ratemypoo.com. The internet has some really fucked up shit. You know, I, I, if you haven't seen it, I'm not saying go look for it, but I'm saying sometimes, especially depending on your friends and everything, it's really hard to fucking avoid. And as I'm starting to dive through some of the stuff and everything, and I realized I put put in one image, um, and it's just basically it's of what I consider two hot woman women. Uh, one's pissing the other one's mouth, and I put that on a billboard and everything. I'm just like, on, you know, I know this is going to be a sexual world, you know, that I'm putting, you know, that I'm doing here, um, but I need to draw some firm boundaries, some firm lines, you know, and uh, the rate, rate that I'm going, um, I'm just, I'm actually taking it to, you know, to extremes that even I don't want to engage in. I'm not a fan of, you know, the whole golden, uh, golden showers or anything like that, but the reason I thought of it was the billboard that I was replacing was, hold on, I'll tell you, so I don't want you to think that my mind came up with this by myself. I was certainly enticed and uh, 
Yeah, well, sure. Yes, I did find the image that replaced it, so I'll I'll take full responsibility for that. But golden showers. Um, so the name of the beer. It's a beer. It's a big, huge thing of yellow glass, and it's a douche gold is the name of the beer, and it it says let it rain in capital letters. Well, for me. The vivid imagery this brings to mind is golden showers. Basically, drinking somebody's piss, right? Now, like I said, I'm not a fan of it, but I thought, my thought process was, I'm just going to start, because I can't find imagery and everything, um, real quickly for what I'm looking for and everything, um, I'm just going to basically mentally map whatever image uh, that the billboard, the existing billboard, has to a pornographic image. And at that point, I'm going to start placing pornographic images of whatever that is, you know, to mind. It's kind of like the Rorschach test, right? You know, so I intentionally said, I'm going to map everything to a, a sexually related image, intentionally, you know, and uh, what would that be? And as I did this, I'm just like, deuce gold, let it rain. Well, I mean, come on. You know, you got a beer, you got let it rain, you got douche. I mean, how many different things do you need for sexual innuendo to actually map those two? So I started it, and I thought, and once I got to this billboard, which was literally the third billboard I ended up doing this change on and everything like this, I'm just like, hmm. I don't like the route this is taking me. I mean, I put the image up there anyways, and I laughed at it when I put it up there, you know, so imagine you're going down the street, you know, you're in Hollywood, and all of a sudden you look up and you see, you know, some, basically it's not horribly obscene, but it is, it's basically, you know, some girl's mouth is under somebody else's vagina and the one there's piss leading from it. I'm going to put the image up on the internet and everything so you can see for yourself. You know, and uh, it's just <laughs> that type of thing that I just started realizing. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not particularly a fan of where this is heading. You know, so, you know, it's just like, where does it stop? And I realized at that point, no, I need a different uh, a different way to approach this. You know, imagery, um, what I'll do is I'll take the challenge for some of these, and I'll certainly map map some of these, you know, to the Rorschach test. Basically say, okay, um, what imagery does this conjure up in my mind sexually? And if I find something that could be in line, you know, roughly with my sexual mores and, you know, things that that would certainly push the boundaries. This here would push my boundaries. We'll put it this way. If some girl wanted me to piss in her mouth, I probably would. I'm certainly not going to do it, you know, but if some girl wanted to do it, sure. You know, I would de definitely do it. Would I be turned on? I don't know, you know, but that's what I'm saying. That's where my boundary lies. You know, so, and that's actually what I'm saying is, you know, it, now if some girl wants me to gangbang rape her, no, I'm not. I'm going to say no to that. So this is actually what I'm saying is, you know, or some girl wants me to, you know, to bring um, the dog in from the outdoors and everything and, and uh, do the dog, I'd just be like, you know, um, there'd be a part of me that'd be gone. That's kind of hot, but then there's the other part of me that goes, that's fucking disgusting. 
You know, so that's the whole thing, you know, realizing one's own boundaries. Sure, I'll talk about it, you know, and yes, the mental thought processes might, might consider it, you know, but really, it's going to reject it in the end. And that's actually what I'm interested in doing is basically making sure that those things that I really, really do not want to, you know, bring into this reality is as something that I would consider normal behavior, um, or at least on the fringe level of normal behavior. You know, these are the kind of things I just wouldn't want to invite in, plain and simple. Yeah, I don't want to invite people to, you know, to say, I mean, we'll put it this way. If everything is going to happen in society anyways, the real question that I'm asking myself for this is what things, you know, um, do I want, you know, people to, you know, to basically consider within a norm of behavior. Now, those things might be dominant within the imagery of the, of the media. Now, there's going to be other things, you know, such as what things are going to be considered in the fringe of normal behavior. And these are the kind of things that, while they're not dominant in the imagery, you might see them every once in a while. You know, so that that's actually what I'm saying is, you know, something like golden showers where, you know, hey, in a highly sexual society and everything, it's not the dominant thing, but this is something that certainly is going to be there, you know, um, just because people are involved with people's other, you know, quote unquote private parts all the time and everything. This wouldn't be considered that far from the normal baseline of behavior and everything, but forceful, um, unwanted sex or bestiality or that kind of stuff, you know, at that point, that's where that line quits blurring. And, and that's where I'm drawing that line. This is the kind of stuff that I don't want to, I don't want my, my, you know, reality. It makes me, it thinking about it makes me feel dirty. It makes me feel, you know, disgusting thinking about, you know, well, sure, I've seen it depicted in movies and I'll say that, um, you know, what was it, uh, um, there's a movie, I Spit on Your Grave, I talked about not long ago, where there was a girl that, you know, they had a, a simulated, well, I thought, you know, that at that point she was an actress that was in a movie and everything, um, I didn't realize that it was a real, real event that happened, so, had I known that it was a real event, that certainly would have changed my attitude and personality about things, however, as a simulated experience, experience. That, that's where that line, that line, it gets a little bit blurry. You know, so how do you make damn sure it becomes, and that's the whole thing, you know, that's I spit on your grave. That line, you know, at that point of um, basically somebody saying yes to the experience and everything, is a movie, is an acting. You know, when somebody acts the part and everything, at that point it becomes, you know, um, I mean, you see the images, you know, in our reality. I spit on your grave, you know. I've seen billboards on it before. It's not, it's not pretty. You know, and you don't see the imagery that often at all. You know, but the fact of the matter is, it's still out there because that's where those lines are blurred. 
you know, where somebody wants this to happen. They permit it to happen. You see what I'm saying? So, bestiality is a different thing altogether. You know, and, and real rape is a different story altogether. You know, so, it's just like... I don't know. It's, that's where the lines get a lot less blurry for me. So, in any case, um, so, at that point, once I realized that, uh, I'm not going to be able to, I mean, all the time that I was already spending doing the Rorschach test and mapping things at that point, I realized I was spending a lot of time, and the whole goal of doing the Rorschach mapping of, of sexual imagery and that kind of stuff to, you know, to the existing imagery of a beer and that kind of stuff, um, wasn't working, and it wasn't, wasn't going to be fast enough, you know, so, like I said, I'm wanting to do eight billboards a day, or try to get an entire zone out in a day and everything, so, at that point, I ended up you know, saying, okay, um, if I can't come up with the Rorschach image and everything quickly, you know, let's just say within a period of 15 minutes time, um, less than that, five minutes time for one image. If I can't come up with that Rorschach image, that concept, that I could just do a quick search on some of the um, adult sites on, then at that point I'm going to throw um, one of my fallback images on. Now, I've got a fallback collection of literally thousands of images. So I ended up going through some of my best ones last night, and uh, I found um, some of my favorites were basically taken from, um, we'll put it this way, this is the kind of behavior that I want to be standard. You know, this is just like, hey, you know, a couple women want to walk around through the downtown area when it's uh, a little bit cold out, but they don't feel like putting on bottoms or something like that. Boom, they could just do that and walk around completely bottomless. Now the girl decides to go jogging naked, you know, because it's a hot day and she just wants to get a little sun and everything. Boom. You know, another girl that's walking around, you know, just doing that. Um, another one that, uh, you know, she walks up to some construction workers, you know, and for whatever reason, you know, she's butt-ass naked and everything. Um, another one, she's in the office. You know, she's butt-ass naked, just basically talking on a phone while there's office workers behind her. It's another girl that's just uh, walking around and, you know, decides to, you know, she's she's with her uh, boyfriend and everything. And um, boyfriend's completely clothed and she's butt ass naked because she, you know, she wants to, whatever the reason is. You know, and there's kids passing by as she's butt ass naked. It's another one walking through a downtown center. Nobody's giving a shit about her. You know, she's butt ass naked. Another one that's uh, sitting next to a lake in a funny position. Could be considered sexual, but I think the girl's gorgeous, so I'm just going to have that one and the little boy's passing by as she's sitting there giggling. You know, so she's petting the dog and everything. So that one's cute, cute as well. And uh, another one she's reading on steps, and it could be the steps of Washington, D.C. or something like that. You know, and she doesn't have any bottoms on. She's got a top on, but no bottoms. Another one's in a library. You know, and she's basically, she's <laughs> got nothing on in the library and everything. And then there's Supergirl. She's bottomless as she gets off the set and everything. Another one that's in a casino. Um, you know, so I just, I took some of the images that I enjoyed, you know, that I've seen before and everything. Um, I think that was, 
That was quite a few that I pulled down. That was actually night before last night. I think I pulled down more last night. So what I'm going to do is anytime I find, find an image, a Rorschach image that I can't find a replacement for um, that comes to mind, you know, something that just has an image associated with it or something like that. That was kind of the challenge, but let's say I can't fulfill that challenge and everything. Well, the next part of the challenge is basically, it's not really a challenge, it's basically say, hey, get an image in there, um, worry about the, um, about that stuff later. And for now, just get an image in there, you know, just basically saying, hey, this is a brand new reality, you know, or it's a, it's a being, it's a reality in the process of being modified. And with that, it's just like, here's other imagery. So, and just basically, um, what I'm trying to do is basically associate the imagery that you might see on a daily basis, just walking through the town, um, of normal activity in the media, uh, I'm trying to basically make it so where I'm wanting society to actually see what's in media and to reflect what's in media, you know, so, in a lot of cases, the whole thing for me, you know, because I'm me, I like the idea of just cute women walking around naked, not the... You know, not women I find unattractive, you know, but at first the cute ones, you know, and that's, that's the kind of society, the weird society that I want. There's not going to be any real, you know, from a, a logical, rational standpoint, what story do you want to tell for why this happens, you know, for why this occurs? Um, I mean, if you want to position it in our society right here, right now, you know, um, from a rationale perspective and everything, what would motivate all the women, the, particularly the younger, more attractive women, to basically say, you know, fuck you and the rules concerning clothes, you know, to society as a whole? I mean, honestly, think about it. they got the women's rights stuff going on right now, the marches that have occurred across the nation and everything. You've got, um, you've got laws that, in a literal sense stop males or stop females from taking off their top and that to some degree govern and dictate what they can and can't wear that men can well that in itself offers some really interesting motivation for women in general particularly more rebellious women to basically say you know what screw you and start taking off their clothes I mean that's what I'm saying. It's like society has a reason to go in this direction anyways. So I'm just basically, you know, creating another spark saying, hey, I wouldn't mind seeing it myself. I mean, I wouldn't mind, you know, going out to a bar or nightclub with my, with my brother who never goes out anymore. I never go out myself because I don't have any money. You know, I'm just basically all of a sudden see three women that are you know, decided to go out and hang out naked. Um, I myself wouldn't mind going down to Starbucks and just hanging out there for the day here in Portland and all of a sudden, boom. I'm just hanging out all day during the summertime and, you know, one girl after another just comes in without clothes on. That would be fun for me. You know, and um, I, it's not that I'm not interested in their motivation, their moral, their, what's making them do this. 
all I'm doing is I'm creating a, a what I consider fantasy society and the media that's correlated to it, you know, to basically entice and inspire people to go in that direction and everything. You know, in particular, have a lot more looser, um, you know, when it comes down to it, the whole sexuality and the whole desire to express themselves sexually. It'd be cool if um, young women approached men. And not only that, but it'd be cool if sex in various places and different things and that kind of stuff happened where women just did these things. So, anyways, that's actually the kind of society that I'm just painting a picture of, you know, with the imagery that I've actually created, that I've I've taken from various websites over the years and everything. You know, there's one, there's a girl, it's on the back of the boat, she's just basically, she's shaving her pussy, you know, it's just like, okay, looks like the right place to do this and everything. There's another, there's a couple girls that are in a bar on a boat, you know, it's basically, it's a, one of those houseboats that's a, a floating houseboat over in Bahamas or something like that, and they're just basically sitting there butt-ass naked. Uh, there's another one, there's a guy that's fully clothed, and she's, he's got his girlfriend that, uh, you know, on the dance floor, and she's decided to go to the to this bar night club completely butt-ass naked. Um, another one, there's a girl that's uh, hitchhiking off to the side of the road. You know, she's got her backpack on. Another one, she's a, you know, she's working as a cashier in a, in a, um, some kind of looks like a clothing shop without clothes. You know, um, it's just, that's, that's what I'm actually including for the image. It's basically women doing completely normal things without clothes on. You know, it's just like, you know, and also not, not being looked at and ogled by every male that walks by and everything. You know, so, in any case, it's just, um, one of those things that it's just like, it'd be cool and it'd be kind of fun. You know, kind of, kind of sexy, you know, in its own way. So, and, um, I don't know. I mean, we'll put it this way. I, I read Hugh Hefner's biography when I was in sixth grade. Um, I have admired the female body my entire life. You know, it's among the reasons I've had, I've been married three times. It's among the reasons I've been with, you know, probably 50 different women and everything. Maybe even more. I, th I think I've lost count. You know, it's just... I enjoy the the female body, plain and simple, um, and it's not just been about touching. I mean, that's been a lot a lot of it, without hesitation. But it's been just simply about ad admiration. You know, to me, the female body is a work of art. You know, in its various forms, whether or not it's a four foot eleven, you know, adorable India girl, India Indian girl named Kenna, that, you know, enormous, enormous natural boobs and barely shaved herself and everything, you know, to um, Jackie who's five foot seven, you know, nice little landing strip and size B maybe C boobs, and it's just like a little tramp stamp on the back and everything. Or then there's Sandy, five foot eleven. You know, just she could literally, and she had, you know, put one leg on my shoulder as we were having sex one time and standing. And it's just one of those things that's just like redhead too, natural. You know, and how I knew? Well, duh. Come on. For me, it's just that's actually part of the reason for this. It's just like what I've realized over the years is. The things that I've enjoyed have been regarded as perverse. And I say fuck you 
to those who call it perverse. I say, I mean, I admire the woman. I admire the way that she thinks. I admire the way that she looks. I admire um, particularly the way that she looks when she's not adorned, you know, when she's without clothes on. And if that's bad, there's some really fucked up, fucked up ideas out there. I could think of a lot of other things that are bad in contrast to that. So, with all that said, um, yeah, I've got probably now about a hundred pictures, images, and most of it is just basically it's various women and, you know, doing normal things without clothes, and, and it's just... You know, they could be sunbathing on a park bench, or they could be on a Segway going through a crowded college campus. They can be, you know, at a at a restaurant, um, you know, just hanging out with friends, or they can be um, <laughs> on a what was it in a nightclub, you know, dancing on the dance floor. And it's just like. I don't know. For me, there's something to be said about reality where I don't mind, as a male, not getting attention to a certain degree. I definitely miss a lot of it, without hesitation, but for different reasons. The money thing before, I didn't like that. You know, but perhaps that's why I'm embracing the whole concept of Q. It feels like the right time and the right person to be right now. So, in any case, um, I'm proceeding. It's about 10 o'clock right now, and uh, I'm going to proceed to make changes to SS1-06, if I'm not mistaken. Now, with the one of the benefits of the GTA package that I got for my brother for my birthday, um, I got the whole official game and everything. Um, isn't just the keys, which at this point I can't really use. Um, but it's also I got a full size map of San Andre, or yeah, it's Los Santos. My bad. Now I've got the highlighters out, and what I'm going to start doing is uh, mapping the sections and highlighting the sections and creating a legend off to the side for what those sections map to. So, SS01, um, SS stands for Sunset Strip 1, um, there's only one version of a Sunset Strip. <coughs> Section 01 through 0, what is it, through 14, so it goes SS underscore 01 through SS01 underscore 14. And uh, each one of these uh, correlates to a given section on the map. And um, usually it's a block or it's a two block radius that's uh, contained within this area and basically it contains all the assets. So it's the textures, it's the models, it's the uh, collision maps, um, and it's also some behaviors that I haven't gotten into. So, you know, some AI type stuff and everything that's associated with that section of the map. Now, I'm already having problems with one area, um, SS107, if I'm not mistaken, where I made changes to it, and now all of a sudden the ground is completely 
um, reflective and why it's doing that I don't know but uh, I'm gonna have to figure that one out and uh, figure out what I've done wrong I've made a modification um, to the texture or to the model itself that uh, didn't take well so I'm not gonna make any modifications to that area until I figure out what's going on and everything with that so I'm just trying to be delicate with my changes and everything so every change I make um, I'm really working on a per billboard by billboard basis um, I end up going and I check the check my work by basically booting up the process again now here's the unfortunate part about Grand Theft Auto um, it locks the assets so basically the RPF file which is a single file itself on the disk um, it's a database it locks the entire database so I cannot do dynamic updates to it I tried it and uh, OpenIV that's the tool I use to access the RPF files and uh, it can if I do an update for it it'll actually boot me out and tell me that the file's locked and it can't do a write to it so that basically means Grand Theft Auto has an exclusive uh, exclusive access to the file <coughs> and refuses to give anybody else permission to it so, anyways, it's kind of selfish if you ask me, but uh, it is what it is. So, every time I make any changes to a 3D file, to the texture file, to anything, in order to see those changes, I have to shut down Grand Theft Auto, and then I have to restart it. And that whole process takes um, probably on the order of maybe about um, 60 to 70 seconds. It's not a huge amount of time and everything, but if I'm just testing out a, a 16 by 16 pixel asset change, you know, for a billboard at the at the lowest resolution, uh, the LOD range, so the high resolution range is a 1024 by 1024 pixel image and everything for a billboard, but the low resolution could be like 16 by 16. I've come across those so far. So we're basically I have to pull real far away and look at that billboard from real far away and does the texture change like I'm I'm expecting it to? Did I get the right texture? Because at those low resolutions it's really hard to tell if I'm working with the right image and everything. And it it appears you know that's um that's the only way I mean right now that appears to be the only way to be able to check it is to stop the process, you know to restart it, go through the entire boot sequence and everything. Now, I know that there's a way to actually eliminate the opening video for Grand Theft Auto, and uh, that's one way of increasing that time, um, but I, I haven't gotten there yet. I do want to come up with a good replacement video, but for now, because I don't have one, I'm not interested in making modifications. So if anybody has any ideas, you know, for a good, um, simple, quick modification to that opening video. Um, my friend Bennett, he ended up um, he ended up having some inter in an interesting idea about making this, putting it on a thumb drive, and actually making it bootable. So basically, it would go from DOS to Windows, and then Windows to the GTA thing here. And at that point, you'd be able to uh, boot up into the world that I created and everything. Um, a wonderful idea, but uh, really, I mean, I might have you boot up into a different character and everything at random. You know, I don't know how I'd do it. You know, I'd do something like that. You know, but uh, that's, I mean, that whole boot sequence and everything. Um, it would be nice to actually be able to get there, you know, but uh, how and what specifically I would have you do at that point, I don't know. You know, I really don't know. You know, would I just do the same thing that I'm doing right now? 
I mean, probably. You know, it'd be like falling asleep at night. You know, when you fall asleep at night and then you wake up, you know, it's like you wake up to this world around you, right? Maybe I should just do the same thing. You just wake up to the world around you. So maybe that's what I'll do. You know, let's just get rid of all the opening images and uh, see if I can reduce that time. So, um, yeah, so any ideas or anything like that, uh, float them to me how you've been floating to them to me. You've been doing an awesome job in feeding me information in ways that uh, are still defying logic, and that's okay. I like it. So, if you keep on providing me ideas and everything, I want to be able to, A, reduce the boot time. That's kind of one major goal that'll help checking the revisions and the modifications to the uh, to the billboards pretty quickly. And B, um, I, I'll do a search real quick. Remove GTA opening video. GTA 5. See if there's anything else out there. Secrets to loading GTA faster. Skip video intro in General 5. Here's GTA. Oh, here's a skip intro and legal messages. View page. <laughs> ASI plugin disables logos. You know what? I'm going to try it out real quick. Well, I've got you on the line. You'll see how fast this works. Skip intro. Copy to. It'd be really cool if this worked right away. And I've been finding a lot of things with this do. GTA. ASI. So, say okay. Let's give that a whirl. Sometimes I guess all you gotta do is ask, right? Boom. So it starts up. GTA. Double clicked on GTA. So let's do the timing here. 10.16.02. Or actually it was when I first did it. Okay. So I didn't see the... Oh, that's kinda cool. Well, kinda worked. So it still, still shows the messages, but it didn't show the opening video. It's definitely faster getting into there. So it's 1642. stopped. on one of the messages. So, non-transferable access to special features such as exclusive unlockable downloads, online content, services, and functions. Blah, blah, blah. It's one of the legal messages. Okay, it does boot right into it. How long did that take, though? 10.17? Yeah, it took nearly a minute and a half. 
so it's not like that was an unusual boot time. Let's do a full test of it right now. I need a timer on the other machine. Dun, dun, dun. Go there, 10.05. So double click, 10.18.10. So doing a timing test here. So basically I'm not test swapping or anything like that. So the first screen comes on definitely a lot faster. So it stops the initial video. But here's the question. I'm still seeing the messages. So how to get rid of those initial messages. And I know firsthand that those, those images that are shown can be removed, but they're so minimal. They're not taking any time whatsoever to load and unload. So clearly GTA is doing something behind the scenes in order to load this up. So I don't think there's a way to optimize that, but I don't know offhand what's going on behind the scenes. Okay, there we go. So 65 seconds altogether. Still says loading model. Oh, that's one of my, um, I've got to figure out what ASI is doing that. So it's still doing a passive load. There we go, map editor. That's what's being loaded up at that point. Um, I know that takes some time too. So let's see if I disable the map editor. So I'm not using it all that much, and I figured out their scheme for naming things. Grand Theft Auto, there we go. So in any case, um, nothing else is really going on here. Uh, just basically playing games. Um, I watched uh, The Orville tonight with my mom and dad, or with my mom. It was kind of cool having my mom sit here and watch it with me. Uh, been experimenting with, uh, with dinner, and... Um, I kind of fancy myself a little bit of a of a cook. I'm not a great one. I'm decent, you know. So last night I ended up um, throwing together a. My mom had a recipe for something she found on the internet. It was uh, an asparagus shrimp mix, and it was one of her dietary type things that actually looked like it was really good health-wise and everything. And I took a look at it and it was just like, oh, this is gonna taste kind of bland and everything. So I ended up um, adding a few ingredients to it, a little bit of sugar, um, some peanut butter to it. Uh, I mean, it came with soy sauce and everything, so I, I put a little bit of a tie spin with it. And it came across a little better than I expected it to be and everything. So I'm a little bit uh, emboldened by the attempt to throw together, together a little bit of an Asian dish and everything. It didn't taste, you know, like a penang or anything like Oof, shit. It's still there. Did I drop you? Can you hear me? Still listening? Yep, you're still there. <coughs> but, uh, still came across pretty well. And tonight I just made, like, a chicken, mashed potatoes. So I've been really, you know, doing all the cooking around here, dishwashing and all that shit and everything. 
I actually miss it, believe it or not, spending six years being homeless and everything and uh, helping out my parents now, especially with the, you know, the state of the health and everything. My mom definitely could use to lose some weight and if there's any hackers out there that want to take advantage of programming that might help my mom <laughs> mentally enter the mindset to get 50 pounds off and to feel better about herself and for that matter my father and help him feel better about himself too I don't know I'm just throwing it out there I love him I I really did miss him a lot more than I care to admit especially being here at the holidays and everything. It really is perfect timing and everything. I'm, so I'm glad I'm here. I'll put it that way. But, with all that said, um, yeah, I've just been cooking and just doing that kind of stuff, so nothing more going on than that. So I'm going to remove the map info stuff. Map inf editor gone. And map info tool. Let's move those. Map editor, map editor, map editor. Move those into a separate zipped file. Scripts.zip. Okay. Clear script. That should do it. And then let's see how long it takes. 1032. Double click. Let's make sure I don't have it up. Yeah. Double click now. 10, 23, 40. So I know the map editor. That loads up a shitload of stuff into it. Just because it's loading up all the models and everything for the specific area that you're entering. So it does a cross reference and everything. And I definitely notice it slowed slowed down the load times, but it was nice to have. So being able to have it in that scripts file and very quickly packing and unpacking it can definitely help. But let's see if it makes a tremendous difference. 10, 23, 40. So 65 seconds is what we had before. Oh, wow. We trimmed the whole 20 seconds off by doing that. So that's definitely a lot faster. So we got what... 45 seconds for the load time. So, that's in between images, the amount of load time it takes to actually get that up going, and I could still move around. Actually, it is faster loading, too. So, I'm just going to keep on making modifications and everything to this. Let's go see if my mirrored floor is still there. Yes, it is. So I've got a problem with uh, Hornbill's live show. I put up a billboard. Um, this is the other one I did. It was a um, wanted, both wanted by Q, Rachel and Jackie. And uh, I honestly, it's just like, you ever have um, somebody in, early, in your life that even know they technically are out of your life and everything, you still miss their presence. There's parts of them that just fucking annoyed you or that you just didn't like at the time, but there's the other parts of, of them that you just really enjoyed having around. What if you could have those parts that you enjoyed and just 
kind of like have the image, the idea, the concept of that person around, but not necessarily the <laughs> annoying part. I don't know. Maybe that's asking a lot. But uh, in any case, um, I love the idea of just having like a maybe an imaginary or artificially intelligent version of, of these women and everything in my life and everything. So I put up a billboard. Rachel and Jackie. Got images of both of them, their faces anyways, and both wanted by Q. So that's all I've really done so far. I'll place both these billboards and everything. I've been, like I said, I've been spending a lot of time with watchdogs too and and that kind of stuff, but I'm, uh, I've got, what, another hour left tonight? So... I'll knock out some of these billboards. Um, I'm just going to quickly replace the images on one. I've already downloaded the assets for the area, Sunset 1 underscore 06, and I'm going to replace the textures for those. So everything from, what's the location here? It's a little bamboo place that has a little arch in front of it, and it has a movie prison break in front of it. and. Space Monkey right across from it, Hardcore Comic Store right across from it. It's got a whole bunch of billboards around here. So it has Gagapo Lavora, Bitch in the Trunk, which I really don't want to say anymore. Um, Kaka, and another Bitch in the Trunk, Fame or Shame, and yeah, the Space Monkey one. Um, I'm going to replace all those. So. Looking at aspect ratio issues again, though. Fuck. These, uh, they go in as 1080 or 1024 by 512, but the problem is they're scaled, if I'm not mis mistaken. So it's not straightforward, unfortunately. And even the Space Monkey ones are regular as well, so it's not even. Oh, why can't anything be easy? I want to push the easy button. So, okay, anyways. That's about it. Nothing much going on with that. The Orville was a good... Oh, I did watch a really good movie the other day. Um, Bandersnatch. It's a... Um, it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure. Um, I used to read these books in grade school called Choose-Your-Own-Adventure. And you'd choose a path, and the cool thing is the path would actually take you to different parts of the story and everything. Well, it's kind of like the same concept. You you choose the path on the movie, and at that point, um, the character in the game actually takes action based on what you, what you choose. Well, really... It's an interesting movie, you know, just because it's... I got a kick out of it. Somebody actually created a flowchart to show, quote, unquote, all the different paths that are out there for the movie. And um, personally, I think they're going to be surprised to find out that the paths keep on extending themselves based on the perspective of the individual. But uh, I ended up taking, you know, one path that uh, really was kind of trippy because it ends up, you end up talking to the character and the character becomes aware that you're there and that uh, it's really just kind of cool. And uh, the character kind of gets freaked out by it and all of a sudden he comes to believing that he's in a, on a TV set in a movie and then all of a sudden he freaks the fuck out and... It's just, it, it's just basically, it's a weird ending and everything. But the ending that I ended up getting to, that I actually liked a lot, was one where 
basically he ends up getting back on the train with his uh, with his mother. Now I got a kick out of the flowchart because the flowchart says that he dies, but the flowchart doesn't take into consideration that he has just altered the flow of time because he did something he didn't do before. And uh, that in itself has altered the flow of time from his perspective and everything. And they make the assumption that he dies just because this is the way the events played out prior. Well, just because they played out prior does not guarantee this is how they're going to play out again. That train, just because it crashes in one observed reality doesn't mean it crashes in all observed realities. So, in any case, um, I love the ending just because it, it presents he goes comatose in the future um and that future where he was before he he no longer he goes comatose and basically he ends up dying but he ends up going back in time to this other reality where basically at this point he does something he didn't do before which is go on the ride that kills his mom with his mom and instead of staying with his father and his father's the one where he ends up going comatose. So at this point, your bet is as good as mine on what happens and what unfolds in that reality. And you can't say that he dies, you know, not not with any any guarantee. You know, there's any number of different possibilities. And uh, it's my belief that because we're seeing the story, if we continue seeing the story from his perspective and everything, we're not going to see him die we're going to see the choices continue unfolding from there. I mean, it kind of makes it difficult to actually end the movie, you know, which is why I'm glad they ended it like they did. And it's just basically he gets on the train and that's all we say. And uh, I just get a kick out of the flowchart. The flowchart says, yeah, he dies. No, he doesn't die. He gets on the train. There's no evidence whatsoever that he dies. You can make whatever assumption that you want to based on your beliefs in time. So, in any case, um, wonderful movie. Netflix did a great job with it, and I signed up briefly for that just to actually watch that. So I got a month, you know, of Netflix that uh, next thing I'm going to watch is a Sandra Bullock one, which, eh, I don't know if I'm that keen for. I mean, I like the concept and the idea, you know, the ideas, you know, things that you can't, that you can't see or that you see um, are figments of the imagination. They can harm you, but if you actually... Um, close your eyes and pretend they're not there. It's kind of like being a kid, right? You know, you have these imaginary things. You can't see them. They can't hurt you. Well, you know, everybody ends up putting blindfolds on because they don't want to see the things because once you see them, they become real, and at that point, they cause you problems. So, in any case, um, I'm going to watch that one. The premise seems entertaining enough, and it's like an adult version of the whole, hey, as a kid, you see it, and don't be afraid of the things you can't see. So, anyways, um, I'm going to make modifications and get the fuck off this podcast and everything I think I've said enough for tonight, other than if I don't talk to you before New Year, uh, which I'm going to try to, it's tomorrow, right? Hold on, one state today. Yeah, it is tomorrow, holy shit. I'll try to come up with something else tomorrow. So, anyways, um, happy New Year's uh, Eve before the Eve.